0: Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across town square media of the Hudson Valley radio stations. I'm your host, Connor Walsh. You can also find me on 92.7, 96.9 of URRV Weekends for keeping company with Connor. You may have heard me guest host already a couple of times here on In Touch. In just the last few weeks, I've learned so much from Patty Quinn. She has a wealth of knowledge and has been so encouraging. In Touch is a weekly program and we invite you or your organization to be a guest on the show. Please contact us if you have an issue or concern you'd like us to look into or if you'd like to be a guest on In Touch. You can hit us up in a variety of ways. You can call us on the main office line at 845 471 1500 You can also call direct at 845-478-1022. You can even reach us through the radio station you're listening on by using the text studio feature on their mobile app or the contact information at their website. Please put in the subject that you're trying to reach out to in touch. This week we are speaking with Jesse Chance, the director of the High Park Library. Growing up, I'll admit I was never one to step into a library. I was not much of a reader and the concept of a library felt stale to me. The High Park Library is an example that that is not the case. Jesse and I talk about the importance and the role that the library holds in Hyde Park and the responsibility that it has in being a community anchor. We talk about the importance of free resources, uncensored education, and open conversations in the face of learning, development, and progress. Jesse and I discuss many of the incredible programs the library offers, such as their October Backyard Concert Series, their latest STEM program, banned book events, and more. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Jesse Chance and myself here on In Touch. Hello Hudson Valley, you are listening to another episode of In Touch, Town Square Media's Public Affairs and Issues program. We got a great episode for you today. This is one that, you know, researching for it and getting into was really blowing my mind, so I'm excited for this. With us today, we have Jesse Chance, director of the Hyde Park Library. Jesse, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, very glad to have you here. And it's funny how one little thing can spark so much more because we were in touch originally for the October Backyard concert series that you guys are doing, which we'll talk about in a second. But from that, it introduced me to so much more that you guys have got going on and just everything that's planned, it just feels like a community powerhouse. And I am so in awe from you guys. And, um, so since I mentioned already, maybe we just might as well start there. You guys are doing something fantastic for October, your October backyard concert series where you're having a bunch of musicians come in. Can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Um, so this is the second autumn, uh, backyard concert series that we're doing. We did the first one last year, and it was quite successful. Um, and I also do a summer concert series. So this is actually the third concert series that I'll be doing since I got here. Um, it seems like a great way to connect with the community and get people who uh, from diverse walks of life to uh, gather and, and to notice the library. They come back, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's something we do for free. I, I I believe that libraries are more than books. Libraries are a place for community to happen, um, and this is a way to make that happen.
0: Truly, and you guys got a variety of different musicians that are going to be coming through. I've seen on the calendar folk, rock, all over the place when it comes it comes to genres. Uh, where, mm-hmm. Where's everybody from? Is everybody Hyde Park, Hudson Valley residents? Well, ideally,
1: they would all be from Hyde Park, but right. that's, uh, that's a little unrealistic. So I am sticking to all Hudson Valley. Um, we've, it's all Dutchess County and Ulster County musicians that I've been using so far. And uh, it, it works out great. Um, the, our first one coming up is, uh, I'm really excited about the African Drumming Workshop. I actually saw him do his his workshop about a month before COVID happened at the Kingston Library, wow. and he had he had those kids rocking. He was great, so I'm really excited about Amido.
0: That's fantastic. It sounds like uh, that one's going to be very interactive. Then,
1: yes, uh, it's kid friendly. Uh, Diallo is a Hudson Valley percussionist from Senegal who enthusiastically shares his culture with children and adults, teaching West African culture and traditional African rhythms. Um, Amadou's classes are in djembe tradition and feature hand drums and large stick drums called dunduns, and all ages are encouraged to attend this thrilling hands-on experience.
0: That's incredible. And another interactive thing that you have going in conjunction with this, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but you're also having your second annual pumpkin carving competition in conjunction with one of these events.
1: Um, that will be the fifth Saturday in October. Very cool. Our, our, our Halloween events. And one of those is our second annual pumpkin carving event. Um, we had a, modest amount of people enter last year, but we're hoping that uh, we've been getting a lot more attention with our social media and we're getting much better at getting the word out. So I think it'll be a bigger event this year. Um, We're also having a uh, local uh, children's children's music oriented group called uh, um, The Beckers, Mm -hmm. who will be playing at one o'clock that day to uh, get the Kids entertained, and then we'll go outside and the ju- we'll have judges uh, who will announce the winners of the pumpkin carving contest.
0: That's so exciting. I really love that. I know for sure, like, I shouldn't even say when I was a kid, like, I would enjoy that. Even right now, I would enjoy that. Um, I love carving pumpkins and I love doing things along yeah. that line, and that's great to get into the Halloween spirit.
1: Yeah. I should be very clear that we are not having kids. Carve pumpkins here. We provide pumpkins for people who need pumpkins, uh, but it's carve it at home and bring it here.
0: <laughs> Understood. No, uh, definitely good to clarify that. That's good to know. But regardless, that's the the creativity that goes behind that is absolutely electric and could be very spooky with everything going on. Love that. Oh yeah, that is fantastic. Genre. Oh, uh, fantastic. Now with everything that you guys got going on. And as we're talking still about uh, music and arts and all that, uh, the high park library still does their open mics. Could you uh, tell everybody about the open mics that you guys offer?
1: Yeah. The first Sunday of every month we have an open mic that, um, it off at about 1 o'clock, but the music doesn't really start till about 1.30. Um, and anybody can sign up in advance on our website. We've got a sign-up sheet, or you can sign up the day of. And we always have a featured artist who does about 45 minutes to an hour after the people who sign up to do their open mic stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun. This, this coming Saturday, we are featuring Frank Critelli, who is from Hyde Park.
0: Oh, that's so cool. No,
1: October Sunday, October second. Very cool.
0: No, I I really uh, one thing I don't think we've uh, talked about this yet, but the High Park Library open mics were one of the first things that I ever got to do running sound or you know working something on a consistent basis back in high school. I used to volunteer and I would run sound for the open mic and I'd get to see everybody perform. And of course I'd get to do a few songs myself. And it was really inspiring to get to do every month. And it really got me going when it came to sound. I went to school for music industry and just having that kind of background going into all that meant a lot. So uh, that's something that the High Park Library has meant to me. And I wanted to let you know that.
1: Connor, I love that story. Thank you for That. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Exactly the kind of that's the exact kind of story that libraries want to create. We want you walk through the door, you to do, do, your, do your community service, and suddenly you're a librarian. <laughs> it happens.
0: No, you're often doing something. Honestly, you know, with the work that I did with running sound and music back back then, about ten years ago. I that's that was one step that led me here to the radio you know so uh, I'm extremely grateful for it and I'm very blessed for all the memories that I have with uh, the High Park uh, library and I'm sure I'm going to be making more with all the wonderful things that you guys got coming up so thank you thank you I just want to say that
1: and thank you And thank you for being our third guest on the Backyard Concert Series. I'm excited to hear you play.
0: Oh, yes. No, I'm excited to be there. Yeah, no, when when you reached out and said something, I was like, absolutely. Just to be able to go back there and kind of like, you know, all these years later, to be able to uh, offer a little something back, I thought that was great. And, you know, just timing worked out, could get you on the show. And uh, we got a great number of things that we can still talk about. Uh, Right now, we are talking with Jesse Chance, director of the High Park Library. They have a lot of great music-related things that are going to be coming up all throughout October. But not just that. It's just an exciting time altogether. One thing that I noticed going on the website, uh, the High Park Library is almost at 100 years. I believe, Mm -hmm. is this the 95th year of the High Park Library? I believe
1: that is correct. We will uh, in 2027 we will be celebrating our hundredth anniversary. So yes, uh, that is amazing.
0: That is correct. That is amazing. So I know that's five years away and all that, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's probably on everybody working there's minds. Am I am am I correct?
1: (laughs) Well, I hope so. I know it is definitely on the board of trustees mind, and they are forming committees and trying to make plans, but you know, it's hard to make plans five years in advance, but oh, of they're, they're excited to do it.
0: <laughs> that is so exciting. And it just goes to show you like how historic and rooted everything is with the community and just, you know, how much of a staple that it's always been. Very, very good.
1: It is. We are very lucky to have this library. It was, uh, Built in uh, James Roosevelt's memory, uh, FDR's father, by his mother, Sarah Delano, mm-hmm. um, in 1927, and we have furniture in our children's room that we are we we don't have evidence of, but we are pretty certain that Eleanor Roosevelt sat at at our children's table and read books for story time. Wow. We know that she read books for story time here. We just we think that she sat at this table.
0: <laughs> Regardless if she sat at that table or not, just knowing that you know she came through and was a part of all that—that's a really be uh, interesting part of history, right there, just to say the least.
1: It's a slightly daunting amount of history that it, this library has. Uh, it, it, it makes me take it that much more seriously.
0: Absolutely. And now another kind of daunting thing that's been going on that has a very interesting history is banned books. You guys did a banned books week event not that long ago. And I just think this was so powerful what you guys were doing with this because you're seeing this on the news so much more with... All these books, especially books like I thought were very impactful when I was in school being banned now, I thought that was ridiculous, and I think it's crazy to think that kind of censorship is going on, and here you guys are having this incredible event, recognizing those said books and the culture behind it. Could you tell us about the banned books event that you did?
1: Sure. Um, so this past Saturday, September eighteenth, was the first day of Banned Books Week, uh, the fortieth anniversary of Banned Books Week, actually. And um, classically, libraries have highlighted the splashier things. They've they've um, focused on books that that make the news, like Gender Queer makes the news now. And these uh, things deserve attention, but it's more impactful if we bring attention to normal books that you wouldn't expect to be banned but are still being challenged and pulled off of shelves in in communities across America. So what we decided to do was reach out to community members and board members and friends of the library and staff and gather everybody's impressions of of books that you just wouldn't expect to be banned, like The Lord of the Rings or To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. And everybody wrote up the impact that these these things had on them, and uh, we created the display on it. And then uh, to open the to reveal the display we had we had created an event at which i read a recent article by aaron blakemore that was in the national geographic magazine on september 26th september 6th and that is the history of banned books banning books in in the united states and of banned books week and uh we did that was a facebook live event we didn't gather a crowd we just did it on facebook and we've Reached so many more people than we ever would if we just had uh, twenty people into the library to see it. It's it's quite amazing.
0: Absolutely, no. the The books that you just mentioned right there, To Kill Mockingbird, Lord of the Rings, uh, things along those lines. I I grew up with those books, you know, and I think a lot of people did. And it's just flabbergasting to think that you know they're being stripped away from so many students. You know, these days when they really show such an important message, one that really got me was uh, the mouse series recently. That was mm-hmm. one that I read. Oh, gosh, was that middle school that I read that in and how impactful that was to myself and my personal education? I didn't read it specifically for school. Uh, friends of mine found it and suggested it to me and me not being a big reader at the time that was big for me to pick up a book like that but you know your opinion and your feeling you know working at the library and also just an individual why is it so important for these books to be seen and to be read and to be digested
1: because anytime we remove the ability to read these books we are closing a door we are shutting off a light we are making it making it impossible for somebody to be impa- impacted by these things and it, generally it's for reasons that are nonsense art spiegelman's mouse was because some of the characters were drawn nude that is that's ridiculous truly um but we have to continue to bring attention to it because these things happen quietly in the background if we don't and
0: no absolutely and now one thing about the banned books it's also brought a lot more attention to them at the same time you know there are bookstores there are libraries that have specific Mm -hmm. banned book sections and really highlight them and if anything it probably gives them a little more press uh, at times do you think that happens as well
1: it is a fact that a lot of these books that are getting so much national attention would be collecting dust on our shelves otherwise. So bravo.
0: Yeah, you gotta love how it kinda turns <laughs> around like that and uh comes around. Um now may I ask you, out of um number of the band books that you've seen recently, what's one of those uh books which one of those books may be one of your favorites and why?
1: Um well The Hate You Give is a fantastic book. Oh uh, yes. It 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 is a uh, it's a window into a a, a, a life a a, a a slice of life that is completely unfamiliar to most of us, and it, and it and it frames this this topic of of police brutality in a way that it makes you think.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, that one. It's not an easy read, but it's a very important read. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's a very good one. Thank you for sharing that. We really appreciate that. So, uh, if you're interested in any more of those banned books, you should go over to the High Park library and check them out. Um, I think the accessibility to them is fantastic. Yeah. So that's great, you know, to be able to have these events and to be able to, uh, show them in <laughs> such a light.
1: I'd just like to uh, mention the uh, Brooklyn Public Library's initiative on this, in which they have offered a free card to any teen in America, which will give them access to any of these banned books.
0: That's incredible! And when did that start?
1: I don't know exactly, but I first read about it in, in June.
0: That's impressive. Yes, I, I think that's great, and uh, I think that's a great way to you know kind of push our uh, young students into all that. I know probably uh something along that those lines probably would incentivize me back then.
1: Yeah. No um, yes. and I should also point out that public libraries don't have an agenda. We it's it's not it's not our mission to make anybody read these books. It is our mission to make it not impossible to read these books.
0: I think that's a great way of looking at it. Again, we are talking with Jesse Chance, director of the High Park Library. They got a number of great events going on all throughout uh, the fall, whether it be their concert series, open mics, pumpkin carvings, so many great things like that. Plus, we've also been talking about their banned books events and censorship when it comes to education and reading. Now, uh, as we continue onwards, you said that libraries are more than just a place filled with books. It is a place where community can convene. And there's a number of things that you guys do on a regular basis there. Yes, you have these events that come up for certain times of the year, but you have things that go on all throughout the year as well. Um, One thing in particular that uh, really sparked my eye, my interest was um, the STEM programs that you guys offer. Could you tell us about that a little bit?
1: Um, we are just getting started with that, and Fantastic. we're very excited about it. Um, we last year, thanks to a generous grant from Dutchess County, we called the Learn Play Create Grant. We were able to install what we call a collaboratory here at Elting, at Hyde Park Library, um, and it, it has any kind of content production equipment you can imagine. We've got microphones, we've got cameras, we've got lights, we've got Laptops with software on them, and we've got a bunch of robotic equipment. Uh, we also have a three D printer, um, so but cool. the, we are using the robotic equipment to start having uh, STEM classes: uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And using learning how to code with robotics is a great entryway into that.
0: No, we have. Yeah, I feel I also run a science camp over the summers, and I think it's so important to be able to educate, uh, students and the public on this stuff, because it's taking over so much of our lives and heck right now, the technology that we're using, you know, this is stuff that you're offering to give that little introduction to, which is really impressive.
1: Yeah. I think that high school students, my Roosevelt high school students could come here and create a podcast. I've got the equipment. Um, and we have, the ability we've got green screens we've got lots of cameras so we have the ability to create TikToks, to create videos to we could even make a magazine um we i will add the caveat that we don't know how to use all the equipment yet and we are busily learning how
0: (laughs) and we can all learn together you know the the uh, collaboration with it no, that's terrific. Now, uh, as you said, that's something that can be offered to the high school students to be able to put something together. I w- you know, back when I was in high school, uh, sure, we had um, we had our tech departments and we had FDR Live and we have stuff like that. But <laughs> to be able to go to a place and, you know, create a TikTok, create a uh, podcast, create something like that with that kind of resources, you know, that's, that's so impressive to be able to... Uh, offer that to everybody and i've also saw on your social media uh the tiktoks and videos that you guys create to promote stuff is really top-notch as well and uh really impressive all the work that you guys have been doing to try to find a modern market like that
1: um i think to ignore social media and to ignore these new channels of access to audiences is basically you're you're signing your own death warrant. We have to do it, and and we're it's fun to do it. So that's not terrible.
0: <laughs> no, I'm glad that you said that. It's it's fun to do it because you know some places are just like, oh, do we really have to do this? But you can really tell that you're having so much fun with all this. There was one in particular with um, your STEM program with I believe it was called a banana robot. Uh-huh. And I was watching that and I just thought it was so fun. I thought it was cute and I was like, how do you sign me up? I want I want to play with this thing. This is great.
1: You're welcome to sign up. We don't have age limits.
0: Fantastic. I love it. No, you'll be seeing me. No, that's very good.
1: It is intended for teens, but we wouldn 't turn you away.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> nonetheless no that 's very good uh, now, Jesse, I really appreciate having you here and talking about all these fantastic things that the high park open uh, the high Park Library has opened to everybody uh, before we go, you know going on that whole line of you know library is more than a place of books it 's a place for community. Could you please give us your feelings on why libraries are so important, especially these days with so much media, with so much technology and, and everything going on, why libraries are still such a huge, crucial part of every community?
1: Um, well, I speak for public libraries, of course, but... Um it seems like every home in America has a computer in it or a smartphone, but it's simply not the case. There are large portions of of America's populations and demographics that don't have access to good broadband, don't have access to any of this equipment, and libraries create... It. Not only are we your source of information and access to information, but we're your ability to learn how to use the tools that access it. And... That's, I can't even begin to stress how valuable that is to uh, If you're entering a job market and you don't know how to use a computer, you can go to the library and learn how to com- use a computer.
0: Truly, no. The it, it's one of the last places where you can find the resources and education for nothing else in return, other than the fact of just the enjoyment and getting what you want and can out of it. It's terrific. It's absolutely terrific.
1: I'm fond of saying it's one of the last places in America where you are allowed to just hang out and be without expecting being expected to pay anything or be a member or anything. You can just be here.
0: I think that's a great way to wrap it up, truly. The High Park Library, you can check it out with all the links that we have on the websites in regards to the article with this episode. Not just that, go and visit it for yourself. See for yourself, how wonderful this place is. Jesse, thank you so much for being a guest here on In Touch. We really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, Connor. You have a great day.
0: You as well. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Townsquare Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Jesse Chance from the Hyde Park Library for taking the time to speak with us. For more information on the Hyde Park Free Library, you can visit hydeparkfreelibrary.org. In Touch is a weekly program, and we invite you or your organization to be a guest on the show. Please contact us if you have an issue or concern you'd like us to look into, or if you'd like to be a guest on In Touch. You can hit us up in a variety of ways. You can call us on the main office line at 845-471-1500. You can also call direct at 845-478-1022. You can even reach us through the radio station you're listening on by using the Tech Studio feature on their mobile app, or the contact information at their website. Please put in the subject that you're trying to reach out to in touch. Now, last week we talked with the American Cancer Society, and I'm proud to announce that I am now a Real Men Wear Pink ambassador. Throughout the month of October, campaign ambassadors across the nation are stepping up and using the power of wearing pink to raise funds and draw attention to the breast cancer fight. You can follow my journey and find information on how to support my campaign under the InTouch tag on the app and site of whichever Townsquare media station you're listening on. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always, I'm glad we get to spend some time.